0: Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions.
1: Thank you and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking with a very special guest, Joe Dannis of John Sign Press, and discussing the Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day DVD and Blu-ray release and reviewing the films McFarland and the Spongebob movie Sponge Out of Water. So as I said, we have a very special guest with us today, and this is a little bit of a first for the show. We have with us Joe Dannis of Sign Press, and he is actually non-hearing, so we'll be talking to him through the interpreter, Joseph Harrison. So it's really awesome to have you all on the show with us today. How are you guys doing today?
2: Great, thank you.
1: Thank you again for being with us. Um, so, Joe, you are the executive producer of the PBS series Once Upon a Sign. Can you tell us a bit about the show?
2: Yes. We're so excited to release Once Upon a Sign, a series. So it's, we're going to start over. Okay. So excited to release Once Upon a Sign, a series of fairy tales in American Sign Language or ASL. We feel this series breaks through, allows children and families to enjoy watching beautiful visual language like ASL. The voiceover is really good and there is English subtitling, making Once Upon a Sign stories accessible for both deaf and hearing children to watch. At the end of each story is a concept called fun signs, a recap of key signs from the story that make it easy for anyone to learn new signs and build signing vocabulary. It's really fun and enjoyable way to learn ASL. And also, we're not on PBS yet. But do ask your local uh, PBS station to air our shows.
1: Well, absolutely. So not only is Once Upon a Sign a series done in ASL, um, but it also has a modern twist on these classic fairy tales. So why did you decide to take this route instead of following the original format of the stories?
2: All the fairy tales have at least one twist or another. And some twists really stand out. A thing that we wanted to improve is the role of women, mothers, and stepmothers. For example, in Grimm's fairy tales, the women the women tend to be portrayed as negative. We wanted to put a positive spin on women's roles and characters. We felt that the original stories were gruesome or scary and they don't really add much to the story itself. You know, like for example, the wolf doesn't have to eat grandma in Little Red. They can be friends. In a way, the twists join together, the old stories with the new ones, kind of like how Once Upon a Sign can connect deaf and hearing people who love these stories.
1: I really love the interpretation of these fairy tales because it does give it a lot more depth and it makes it a lot more interesting to watch and to learn from when it's not just the same old stories that you're hearing over and over and over again. So I really give you props for, you know, giving a twist on that and making it more positive for children. So you started Dawn Sign Press in 1979. What inspired you to found the company?
2: In the old days, deaf people often were told they could not do, they can't, they can't, they can't. Like starting their own business, there was no way. Now Both my parents are deaf. And they always encouraged me to think about starting my own business. All my hearing relatives had businesses except my deaf parents. So they didn't want me to think that I couldn't start a business just because he couldn't hear.
1: So your company is now a multi-million dollar organization which provides award-winning educational material which is incredible in my opinion. So did you ever think that it would grow to be so successful and are you happy with the outcome of your company?
2: Oh yes. Previously I thought that we would always be pretty steady, selling, a, <clears throat> selling the same old stuff forever. But with technology changing so fast, at lightning speed if you will, we had to keep evolving to stay current. Think about this. We used to struggle to sell VHS because hearing people did not understand that learning ASL visually. From a video instead of from a book was the best way to learn. Nowadays, everybody wants videos in ASL. I'm definitely happy with the outcome.
1: Well, I think it's really incredible that you were able to, you know, turn this idea and this dream into such a wonderful, you know, organization and this wonderful company that is doing good for both hearing and deaf children. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and right now we are talking with Joe Dannis of Dawn Sign Press. Talking all about his wonderful show, Once Upon a Sign, which is uh, classic uh, sort of fairy tales, but with a twist, and they're also done in American Sign Language. Um, And we're just talking all about his company things that they have been doing um so i have been taking asl classes as my second language course uh, through school for the past three years and a majority of the people at my high school um, can sign at least beginner asl but i'm very surprised with the lack of people who know about american sign language outside of our. so what do you think can be done to raise awareness about this beautiful language and educate people about it
2: I know, I'm surprised too, but we really can't allow, can't allow ourselves to be surprised by this. There's a big job to expose and educate the mainstream about ASL. The more exposure, the more awareness there will be. That's why we produce Once Upon a Sign. This series allows deaf and hearing, deaf and hearing families to watch and enjoy them together there continues to be a big job to educate the mainstream and television networks as well about ASL.
1: So as you said, um, your show does have voiceovers and captions, making it accessible for everyone. Do you think that sign language is something that should be taught at more schools and in more educational facilities and made available for not only deaf people, but hearing as well, since it is such an incredible form of communication?
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) ASL is inside of everybody. You have it. You just need to find it inside of yourself to be expressive. Human beings have natural instincts with facial expressions, hand gestures, miming, and using body language to communicate. You know that it's easy. <clears throat> you know that's easier for deaf people to communicate with hearing Mexicans or Europeans because they gesture a lot more. Hearing people in other in other countries are exposed to more languages than uh, the average American is.
1: That's what I love so much about sign language is the fact that it's not I mean, it's not verbal, but it's not just one form. I mean, you're using facial expressions, you're using hand gestures, you're using body movements. And based on like a combination of signs and facial expressions, you do it means something completely different than if you were to use a different facial expression. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it. And what's so fun about it. And I love that I'm able to, you know, sign with my friends in school. And I really hope that more schools start teaching it as a a language option. So do you think that deaf culture has changed since Dawn Sign Press was founded?
2: Oh yes, deaf culture has definitely changed. It wasn't even recognized as a culture for many years. The biggest change though is hearing people's attitudes towards ASL. It's the dawning of a new era, where ASL and Deaf culture are recognized and celebrated. Statistics show ASL is now the third most studied second language in the US and Canada. So I think that hearing people are ready for more ASL. Once upon a sign, is another way another way to give that to them.
1: Wow, that's incredible. Well, I commend you and I congratulate you for, you know, creating this amazing company and providing so many people with these educational materials and this really fun show that like even if you don't speak sign language, it's incredible to watch and, and to get involved with. So thank you so much for all the work that you've done and, and for being on the show with us. And I definitely advise our listeners to go check out a Once Upon a Sign and check out Dawn Sign Press and learn more about ASL. It's such an incredible language and it's so fun and it's, it's something that really sort of broadens your horizons. So again, Joe and Joseph, thank you so much for being with us today. It was a pleasure.
2: Thank you, thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, from Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network.
0: For a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases, get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and we'll review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kids' perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids.
3: The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow, you set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. Keep it right here.
0: You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up.
4: Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just got done interviewing Joe Davis from Once Upon a Sign, and we're all and today we're gonna to be reviewing the film SpongeBob, the movie, McFarland, and Alexandra and the Bad Day, DVD and Digital Blu-ray release. Right now I'm with the wonderful Catherine. How are you doing? I'm doing great, how are you? Fantastic, love the energy. So we're gonna be talking about Alexandra, Alexander, and the No Good, Very Bad Day DVD and Digital Blu-ray um, release, which is out now. So go check it out. So, Catherine, what um can you tell us a bit about this movie?
5: Yes, um, it is about a boy who has a really, really bad day. He gets gum stuck in his hair. catches the science lab on fire. He doesn't get the correct projects he wants. All these bad things are happening to him. And the day before his birthday. So in the middle of the night, he makes himself a birthday Sunday, And he makes a wish that his family would see what it's like to have a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And the wish comes true and he curses the day for the rest of his family.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this definitely goes a little bit different from the original book. Which I so happened to read when I was a little bit younger. The original book this is based off of, and they adapted it into a really nice story, it sounds like it.
5: Yeah, it was a awesome movie. I really liked it.
4: So, since this film is about bad days, can you recall the worst day you ever had, and how you can relate that day to this film?
5: Um, No, I can't, but I probably have had some pretty bad
4: days. Pretty bad days. Well... Anything in particular that just really went wrong that one day one day?
5: Um well, when I had pneumonia.
4: That was, was That's That's not fun. That's not a good day right there. No,
5: it isn't.
4: No. Well, the moral of the story, what do you think it is in this film?
5: The moral of the story the word of the story is that even the worst days can be good if you're surrounded by the people you love. Uh. And why is that in this movie? Because th- at the end of the movie, they find out that at the end of the day, the day didn't actually seem that bad because they were having such a great time.
4: Uh. Well, my mom always says you have to have the bad days. If, there's, if you don't have a bad day, then you're never going to fully appreciate those really good ones out there. Because without the good, w- without the bad, there wouldn't be the good. So, this film looks like it has some comedy in it. You got Steve Carell, you got you got Je- Jennifer Gardner. So, what do you think of the comedy in this film?
5: It was really funny. My whole family loved
4: it. They were
5: laughing out loud.
4: What would you say the funniest scene in the whole entire film was?
5: I liked the scene when... Alexander's big brother took his driving test, but the day was cursed, so that's not going to go too well. He literally wrecked the car.
4: Ouch, that's not really good. So I'm guessing he didn't get his license?
5: He did not.
4: Ah. Well, better luck next time. <laughs> I remember um, there was one scene in there, I believe, that when they singing in the car and they making up music in the car. Remember that scene? Oh, Yes.
5: When they, the radio stopped working because the car, and so they were trying to improv music.
4: Yeah, that was, to be honest, that was actually completely improvised. Everybody, that whole scene was in real life improvised. They just shot the cam, they just press record on the camera and they let the actors go. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, comedy just flows out of them. So, what would you say? Well, this film. Sounds really funny, and there's some just great some jokes in there, and it can really make you appreciate the good days in our lives. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and today we're talking about the film Spongebob, the movie, McFarlane. We just got done interviewing Joe Davis, and we're continuing to talk about Alexandria and the no-good, very-bad-day DVD and Blu-ray digital relief, um, DVD release. And I, we're back with Catherine talking about how funny the film is and there's just some really good scenes in this film. So, Catherine, Catherine, who would you say your favorite character in the film is?
5: My favorite character is probably the dad, played by Steve Carell.
4: Yeah.
5: He does a really good job playing the dad. He lost his job and he's considered the mommy of the family, which is like father, mommy. <laughs> um. And he has a great attitude and he reminds everybody to be positive and not let bad days get in the way of having fun.
4: No. And it's funny to see Steve Carell cuz he's had some really wacky characters and now he's just playing a father figure and that's one of the, could be fun some of the funniest scenes he's ever done. Yeah, it was really funny. So, this film has comedy, but there's also some very heartwarming parts in this film. What would you say that there was a film where you, that? what was the part in the film that made you go, ah? if any?
5: Well, probably when they were all, like, having a really, really good time at the end, and they were all, like, enjoying themselves and playing around and celebrating. I just loved that
4: scene. Aw, see, ah, there we go. I just, you had to just tell me about it, and I already go, aw. Aw. So what would you say the age range for this film is?
5: Well, I said 7 to 14, but anyone in the family would love it.
4: Looks like a great family film. I mean, it can really get the whole family together and just say, you know what, kids? We have those bad days, but we can just enjoy the good ones.
5: Yeah, because without the bad days, where are the good days?
4: Exactly. So how many stars would you give this film?
5: I gave this film four and a half out of five stars.
4: Where's the other half of that fourth star? Not
5: there. Not there.
4: (laughs) So why did you give it four and a half out of five stars?
5: Because it was a great movie. And it was really fun. It was really funny. It was just a great message and a great movie I
4: loved it but why not five, uh, five stars since you love it so much
5: well I'm not really sure but like I don't know it just wasn't my favorite favorite movie but it was like
4: awesome movie <laughs> well you can save that part of the star for maybe your next review for a great film
5: Yes I probably
4: will. You don't want to give away all those stars because you want to save them for the other films coming out in 2015. Yes you do. So what about the cinematography in this film because it, it looks like a cute little neighborhood but it's but what did you think of it? The cinematography was great. I think
5: they did a really good job filming all the like the Car scenes. They did a good job filming that, and, like, when they were just playing around in the house, it was really good cinematography. There wasn't, like, anything, like, blowing up or anything. No. So, like, not as much uh, special effects like in some other movies, but um, the cinematography was great, and driving in the car, I thought that was great, because you can, like, see it clearly that they're driving in a car, and you can see all the different people in the car. I think it was a really good cinematography.
4: And there's also some pretty interesting stunts in there. I mean, you got cars being wrecked. And I believe Steve Carell gets, uh, is combust, I guess you can say, on fire. So that's and, interesting.
5: And gets kicked in the stomach with a kangaroo.
4: Yeah, there's some interesting stunts in there. You, you don't get to say every day that I saw a film where Steve Carell got kicked in the stomach by a kangaroo. Yeah. But I, I believe, if I'm right, that he did all his stunts. He did all, he, The whole fire scene was, was him. No stuntman at all, which was pretty brave. Wow. Yep. Yeah, well, just the typical day of an actor. Hey, honey, I got on fire today. Yeah. <laughs> well, Catherine, thank you so much for talking about Alexander. Alexander and the No Good, Very Bad Day. It's been a pleasure.
5: Thank you for hosting
4: me. Of course, this film is out in DVD and Blu-ray and digital DVD. So check it out. It's in stores now. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids.
6: For a journey of epic proportions every week. This journey is a journey of life. It's all about real people, real stories, and real life. Everybody's journey is unique. And we'll focus on books, movies, and interviews with amazing people that hopefully will inspire you to impact the world and others around you. Tune in for the journey. It's going to be a great ride. Join your hosts every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids Channel. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids.
1: We don't care how
3: you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids. Live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice
0: America Kids.
6: There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're
7: listening to
0: Voice America Kids. Real kids, you are tuned in to kids' first coming attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up.
4: Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just got done talking about Alexandra and the Very Bad Day and interviewing Joe Davis. Right now, we are going to be talking about McFarlane and also, in, in the next segment, SpongeBob, Sponge Out the Water. Right now, I'm talking with the delightfully talented and wonderful Kayla on McFarlane. How are you doing, Kayla? I'm doing great. How are you? fantastic so tell us about tell a little bit about this based off a true story
7: okay so mcfarland is basically about a coach who gets fired from his job and creates a cross-country team and he trains them to compete at different tournaments and also so they can compete at statewide the statewide cross-country tournament
4: and it looks like a great film based off a true story and Kevin Costner's back as a coach. I love him. He's great. I can't wait to see this movie to see him.
7: Yes, he is fantastic in this movie. He is really funny as well.
4: Yeah. I loved him in Field of Dreams, but that's a different movie. We're going to stick to this one. Oh, by the (laughs) way, sorry. It's McFarlane, USA. Let me repeat that again. (laughs) Yes. So, this film kind of... Okay, you may have not heard this film, Chariots of Fire... No, it's, I haven't. It, it sounds a little bit like that film, but what do you think is unique about this film in particular? What I think is unique about this film is that it's sort
7: of like a track movie, and you normally don't see a movie like this often. And, yeah. so, and it's also about, and it's, it, t- it takes place in a different place than normal. Because it takes place like around a farm where people mainly wake up every day, go farm in the field, then go to school, then go back to farming. And then that's basically their everyday routine.
4: So different settings and different places to tell a story. That's always nice to see. Yeah. So we mentioned about Kevin Costner's acting, but what about the rest of the actors in this film? What do you think?
7: They were awesome because... They brought a lot of emotion, and I never expect, I did not expect the movie to be how it is. I, it, it, it was, it, it was better than I, the way I expected it to be. Hmm. The actors, they were, they brought it to life, and, it, and I understand the concept and the storyline, and they made it sound really good.
4: Well, it's always great to go check out a film and think, I don't know if I'm gonna like it, and then you go in and say, actually, pretty darn good. Pleasancy surprise. That's always great in the film.
7: Yeah, that's how I felt. So, yeah.
4: What do you think about the actual running scenes in there? Because, well, it's a track. It's about, it's a film about tracks. So, was there anything special of how they shot these scenes?
7: Yes actually we when i when i saw the film that was the time when i was actually doing track at my school so really? i actually knew how they felt every time they were racing against the other competitors and they when they cr- crossed the finish line like i understood how they the the excitement and the energy that you felt once you when you knew you you won the race and you you beat everybody and it just makes you feel so good inside it's really it's a really awesome feeling.
4: Well, that's cool you can relate to the characters. That's always great to hear. Yeah. So, do you have a coach when you um go on track team?
7: Yes, we have there's a coach for the girls and then there's a coach for the boys. And actually the coach was my PE teacher last year. And so she would she actually loves it when I run track. She thinks I'm a really good track runner and so it's easy to relate to the characters and what they went through. And I know how they felt.
4: Well, the reason I bring it up, like, can, this is a time where you can compare your coach to, your, to the actual character in this movie. So, um, what are the similarities or differences between your coach and how she trains you and how the coach in this movie trains the characters?
7: Well, she trains us by... T- they, the similarities are they both make make us run practice what we're going how it's going to be like in the tournament Hmm. and so if we have to run a certain amount of laps for the tournament she makes us run that certain amount of laps and also the differences is that we do more practices with skills we learn how to how to run faster and And we do different techniques, but in the movie they just basically run a certain amount of miles every day and they practice that to keep their stamina.
4: Just wondered because, especially in this film, if it's going to be a character about a coach, we want to see if it's accurate. Yeah,
7: it's just about accurate, accurate with different tweaks.
4: Yes. Of course, every coach is different.
7: Yes, of course.
4: So what would you say your favorite scene in the movie was?
7: My favorite scene is when Coach White, Kevin Costner, he is planning a a quinceañera for his daughter because he forgot to show up at his daughter's dinner and get the cake. And so he's planning it with his friend, Senior Diaz, and so he starts telling him what what they should do, and he has no idea what he's talking about. So then Senior Diaz just says, Stop. Sit down. Were the Indians, not the Chiefs. And then a group of women start coming and tell them what they need to do. It was so funny. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah.
4: So, so it's nice to have some comedic aspects to the film as well. That's always great to hear.
7: There is a bunch of funny scenes in this movie. Hmm.
4: You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Keepa Blakesley. And today we are talking about the film SpongeBob the Movie, Alexandra and the Bad Day. Interviewing Joe Davis and the film McFarland USA. And right now we're talking to Kayla about... We're we're continuing to talk to Kayla about McFarland USA and how it's a great film, great acting, and there's some some funny parts in it. So, Kayla, you mentioned there is some comedy and some humorous scenes in there. So was there anything in there that you found the funniest besides your favorite scene?
7: Um... Another one, another one of my favorite scenes was when, oh, when he he went over to one of his his when Coach White went over to one of his uh, team members' houses. He wanted to talk to them about the tournament, and so he didn't know if he spoke he didn't know if the father spoke Spanish or English English so he asked one of the team members to translate that he had a great time and thank you for his hospitality. So then the son translated it he didn't really translate it. He said it right in said it in English and so and then the dad said, Well it was a pleasure meeting you. Huh. It was so funny
4: Oh, okay I gotta see this film. It sounds like a funny film. But <laughs> yes, also it's a must. So I continue.
7: Yeah, it's a must. One want... you should definitely watch it.
4: So this film is like a feel good movie and I always love those kind of films. So is there any messages that this film teaches the audience?
7: Yes. One message is that you you shouldn't judge a book by its cover because when they went to the tournaments there's the other competitors were Picking on them and making fun of them for being different and not having the proper clothing or the proper shoes. And y- people shouldn't do that because it's not about what you wear or what you have. It's about how you play the game and, like, who, who's the best, sort of. So it's, you, don't, you shouldn't pick on them for being different.
4: Yeah, I like those underdog stories. Those ones yeah. where you never believe that they can't do it, they can't do anything, and then finally they they rise up to stardom. And I always love those stories. They're fun to watch.
7: Same. They're they are really good. Ma- they have really good messages. Hmm.
4: So, what would you say the age range for this film is?
7: I would say the age range is from eight to eighteen.
4: And why is that?
7: Because it's. It's a movie for the whole entire family, even for young kids. It, it, it's good to start them off early to show them that if you have a dream, you should always go for the dream and you shouldn't back down and also not to judge people for being different.
4: Of course. And how many stars did you give the film?
7: I give this film five out of five golden stars.
4: Perfect. Sounds like a fun film. So thank you very much, Kayla, <laughs> for talking about it. No problem. Well, this film is out in theaters February 20th, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keep Blakeslee, and you're listening to Voice America Kids.
6: Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the Tech Team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Keep
0: it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up.
1: Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Kavani, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. So right now we have with us January. How are you doing today?
8: I'm doing very good. Thank you for asking.
1: Thank you for being with us. So, again, we are going to be talking about Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Um, So, since we already sort of talked about what this film is and whatnot, what are your opinions on this movie?
8: Well, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day is just a hilarious story. And it's really a story that just kind of covers all those days that are just so unlucky And so horrible, it just called them a bad day. And it's one of those days for Alexander and his family. And I just think it's, they did it hilariously, so it made you laugh. But there were still some touching moments and wonderful acting.
1: Yeah, I was really excited when I heard that they were making this into a feature-length film because it was one of my favorite short stories when I was younger and one of my favorite, like, children's books Um, because I think a lot of times when you're younger and, you know, you have a bad day, you think it's, like, the end of the world. And I think this movie shows, like, a lot of really bizarre things can go horribly wrong and, you know, you you still get by. You still have a good time. Um, So there is a wonderful cast in this film with, you know, Steve Carell and Jennifer Garner. What did you think of their acting and the cast in general? Oh, they played the
8: parts beautifully. I mean, when they were supposed to, like, act serious, serious, even though the most hilarious things were happening, they did it wonderfully. And it just made you laugh more because they're acting so serious and try to stay calm. But they just laughed nonstop. Well, we laughed nonstop. And they all played the touching parts wonderfully, the comedy parts wonderfully, and the serious parts wonderfully. Mm -hmm.
1: And since, you know, this family, there's the mom and the dad, you know, a little baby, the middle child, the older brother, you know, the sister. Do you think that most people would find at least one character or one aspect of the film to relate to? Yes, I
8: think so. I mean, I can relate to it. Because I have an older brother, and we always fight, so I can relate to that. So there's something that everybody can relate to. I mean, parents can relate to it. Children can relate to it. A baby can relate to it. Um, an <laughs> s- actor can relate to it, since the sister is trying to become an actress. There's a, just a lot of key things that anybody can relate to.
1: Absolutely. So, like I said, a lot of really bizarre, funny, misfortunate things happen um, in this film. Do you think that you have a favorite event that happens that goes terribly wrong for the family? You know, my favorite
8: part is definitely, so the mom, she kind of has like a distributing company, kind of like promotion company. So so her like big breakthrough, like I guess she's going to get like a big bonus or something for it it's like to get this very famous man to read a children's book to a whole bunch of children. Mm-hmm. Sadly, there was a misprint in that book and this book was um this book was for children potty training. So mm-hmm. they cha- they made it so it was horribly horribly wrong the book. And when he read it and the look on the mom's face was just priceless mm-hmm. and I could not stop laughing. It was just wonderful.
1: That sounds hilarious. And Jennifer Gardner, who is the mom, she is such a hilarious actress, too. So I can only imagine that would be very, very funny. So do you have a favorite scene in this film besides this whole book mishap? Um, I think my favorite scene
8: is kind of afterwards when they're all kind of driving home and it's after everything happened. I mean, it's pretty much a close up on everybody and what horribly happened with them. It's kind of cool because they do it at the beginning and at the end to kind of show that this was the horrible day and this would happen to all of them. Someone has crayons in their mouth. Someone looks like they've got set on fire. Someone has crazy hair. So it just kind of close up in each person, the family, kind of wrap up everything horrible that happened to them.
1: Yeah. So. This film is definitely a comedy, and there's, you know, a lot of really funny things that happen as we've established. But what do you think the morals of this story are?
8: Well, there's a couple morals. I mean, definitely the main moral is is that you have bad days, but you can always make them better. Because they're—I'm not going to spoil anything, but that is a terrible day. But they do something to try and make it a better day, which I think was a beautiful idea. And also that no matter how much family is different to you— Family is family. They will always love you. Because the family is always fighting, but at the end, they are a family.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you for telling me all about Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. It is out on DVD and Blu-ray right now, and the DVD features a lot of really awesome special bonus features on it, so make sure you check that out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we have been talking with special guest Joe Dannis from John Sign Press and discussing Alexander and the Terrible Horror Good Very Bad Day DVD and Blu-ray release, and McFarland, which we are going to start talking about now with Jerry again. Um, So as we already reviewed McFarland today in the show, Jerry, I hear that you got to go some of the actors and the original runners from the film um so why don't you brief us on how that was for you I think it was
8: wonderful I met um the Diaz brothers and the real coach white and the Diaz brothers they're just three of the run the actual runners I met the real runners and they were amazing of course they're all grown up now because it happened a while ago but I it was just really inspirational. I also get got to meet the real coach White who took these kids who never even played in a professional sport, never even even thought of playing a professional sport and made them state champions. So I just it was very inspirational and I I just learned a lot from that man. It was wonderful.
1: Mhm. So, Jerry, since you met the actual brothers from the film, um, did they think that the movie stayed true to their story and captured everything that went on in their lives? Well, they did mention that there was a couple things that the movie
8: didn't kind of concentrate on. For example, Coach's Coach White's wife uh, played a lot more of an important role in the real-life story. But they mm-hmm. did say that from a film perspective, it did flow much better that way.
1: Mm-hmm. And what was it like talking with the director? I know you spoke with him in a Q&A, but um, how was that, you know, hearing what he had to say to everyone and to you? It's actually she,
8: and it was very interesting uh, learning how she kind of made the film and how she casted it, because a lot of the actors who were in the film who played the runners were actually from McFarlane. And it was kind of crazy the training the actors had to go t- through, not... Uh, Not the Coach White or Kevin Costner, but the runners, like the kids who are running, they had to run like a good five or six miles a day so they can get fit enough. At the end of the movie, when you see them running the final race, they're running really fast. And that's not like any editing tricks. They're actually running that fast. They trained insanely hard for that. And it was kind of interesting to see how that went. And Nikki told me that she actually kind of trained with them, and she said she hated it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I used to do cross-country when I was in middle school, and it was awful. I was just like, oh, how do people enjoy running? This is terrible. But I can see how some people would find enjoyment in that sport. Um, So did you get to meet Kevin Costner, or was it Jim White that you met?
8: I got I got to see Kevin Costner in Q and A, and he has a fun sense of humor. But in all seriousness, he he talked about how his role was actually really important, and he kind of talked about Jim White himself and all of that.
1: Mhm. And he is a Kevin Costner is a fantastic actor. So do you think that he did a good job embodying the character of Jim
8: White? I think he did a fantastic job embodying. Sorry, playing Jim White. Um, He definitely played all the emotions well. And Kevin Costner is a pretty quiet guy. And um, it's kind of perfect because Jim White is a quiet guy. He doesn't really show that much emotion. Kevin Costner is wonderful at those roles.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So overall, with your experience of talking to everyone, what was your favorite question slash response that you got from all the people you spoke with
8: i just love hearing how hard that training was and i just thought it was so cool that they didn't try make any fancy editing magic that they actually ran that fast and that long it was not any editing they literally
1: ran five to six miles almost every day Wow, that's incredible. I think it's so amazing how actors can transform themselves for roles, especially watching, you know, like superhero movies with like X-Men and Hugh Jackman, how big he gets for the roles. And so I can, I can only imagine how much work it would be to, you know, get into such good shape to be a runner for this. But it's also such an amazing payoff to stay true to the story and whatnot. Definitely so Jerry thank you so much for talking with me all about McFarland and Alexander and the Terrible Horrible No Good Day earlier um, so McFarland is out in theaters right now so make sure you check it out it sounds like a wonderful true story uh, so definitely check that out and Jerry thank you so much again for being with us today of course thank you so much Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and see your favorite up-and-coming film critics by going to www.kidsfirst.org. You can also find out how to be a part of the Kids First family, and check out our blog at the Huffington Post. I am your host, Raven Devaney, from Kids First Coming Attractions, produced by KidStar, and you are listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids
0: First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week.
5: My name is Linda Marie from Bookworm. Now from the Kitzler Album of the Month, here is The Whiz Pops and their song, Anglerfish.
9: Gather in close, and I'll tell you the most. Fishy tale of a fishy, fishing fish. Her teeth clearer. I'll try.
5: Whist pops from the Kidstar album of the month.